Hi, welcome to another episode of Testify About Possibility. This is your host, Joanne, and this podcast was created for those who maybe want to share their testimony about how God can turn what we may think are impossible situations into possibility. Also, this this podcast has been birthed out of the leading of the Holy Spirit that was tugging at my heart for a couple of years now, just to share of his goodness, you know, with those that may be looking for hope in this crazy world. So just want to start out with a prayer. Father God, we just thank you on today, praying that this broadcast would touch someone's hearts, their mind may be struggling with a decision that they may have to make. So God, you said your word would not come back to you void. So you reach let this brought this podcast reach whoever it may need to reach at this time in this season. So just want to start out by just saying this is just another introduction of who Joanne really is. Joanne um, is the oldest daughter of Bessie Joanne Bain Saunders and uh, siblings have had 10 other siblings And God had been just favored my life, just favored me from a child. As a child, I was run over by a car when I was 18 months old. My father and my brothers had to lift the car up off of me. So you're talking about testify about possibilities. When you look back over your life, you realize that the enemy knew what you were going to be 20, 30, 40, 50 years from the day that you were born. So guess what? There are times that he just, you know, try to stop you in your tracks because if you ever realize who you really were, I think we would strive or uh, fight that much harder to be what God wants us to be. So this broadcast or this podcast is just all about just encouraging, um, letting you know that God loves you. He chose you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew the possibilities um, if we just um, just dig in and delve in and try to try to find out really what our purpose is. So um, just coming up in a house just full of love, maybe misunderstanding my parents divorced when I was young. So um, my mother tried all she knew just to make sure we did not go lacking or we didn't have, you know, that kind of thing where we don't want you to need your daddy. So guess what? Mama going to do whatever she need to do to make sure that the children are taken care of. We didn't understand it at the time. We didn't know we were struggling. We Yeah, we grew up in Miami and the projects and things like that. But I don't know why everybody always have this bad connotation when they say you grew up in the project. But guess what? We had morals and values. The, the neighborhood... Um, parents looked out for everybody's child. It was no such a thing as if you didn't have it, um, that, um, they didn't have it. They borrowed sugar, they borrowed eggs, they borrowed flowers because the neighbors took care of each other. So I just thank God for being, um, raised in an environment like that where 
you talk about um, it takes a village to raise a child. Back then, it took a village to raise us. So I just thank God for that upbringing. One thing um, about my mom, you know, she may not have sat us down and talked about education, education, but guess what? She wanted her children to be very smart. She may have worked for other people's, as back in the day they called it, um, doing day's work. But in the day's work, when she had to go to those people homes, she took care of their kids. When my mom came home, my mom took care of us. She brought home the old books that the, they didn't want anymore. And she put them down to us and she made us read those books. So, you know, my mom, all I knew, we came up in the church and um, in, a, in a holiness church, not just a Baptist church, but a holiness church. So she taught us the things of God. She taught us the ways of God. You know, she said, if you're not ready to live right, don't play with God. If you're not ready to go to church, don't play with God. So these are the things she would say, but we didn't know those were the things that she would teach him. We just took it as our strict mama. She don't want us to do anything. Don't want us to wear no pants. You know how it was back in the day when you say you went to a holiness church, sanctified church. You know, there was no makeup. There was no um, pants wearing. But I just thank God for where I am today. It was part of that bringing, a part of that upbringing, that training, that discipline. You know, so many times in this day and age, we want to give our kids what we think we should have gotten back in the day. But we were better kids. We were more respectable children back in the day. You know, may not have had a whole lot. I remember the time we used to take, we had soda bottles. We would turn the soda bottle into a doll, make doll clothing. You know, we were outside. You had... Um, what it was, two sets of clothes. You had a school school clothes, and then you had to come home, take those off, and then you had play clothes. And if you went to church, you had a, you know, a set of church clothing. But I just thank God, you know, again for the strict, as we call it back in the day, our strict parents back in the day, not wanting us to fail, but be the best that we can be. Be, you know, in that day, they told us you can be uh, Miss America if you wanted to. You could be the president of the United States. You can be an astronaut. So these things was embedded in us way back when that we can be whatever we wanted to be. Even though we may not have understood it all, we could be we felt anything that we wanted to be. So, you know, by the time I was, I think it was in the sixth grade, my mom had left the church and doing things, you know, for herself. And it just left us uncovered. And I share with young mothers today, you are your children's protector. You are your children's umbrella. So it's not always about I'm going to do me. It's all about me. But when you have little children that you are concerned about, you are your children. They watch you. So I felt that when my mother, what I would call backslid or went back into the world, it took the covering off for us. And like I say, I was in the sixth grade. I remember being in the sixth grade and we start wearing pants, you know, 
Um, we start playing cards, those things that before holiness um, churches did not allow. So you saw it creep, start creeping in, you know, um, mama started drinking, you hear the cussing and all these things start happening around you and the changes is happening. So guess what? In that time period, I went on to um, junior high school. By the time I was 14 years old, guess what? I ended up pregnant, not in the street, in my own house. I didn't have to go anywhere because guess what? There was no guidance. Um, There was no, um, oh, how can I say this? There was no adult supervision. I put it like that. So guess what? Mama went partying. Guess what? Joanne brought the party to the house. Not to say that I knew how to party, but the inquisitiveness, if I'm saying the word correctly. You know, you saw Devin and the stuff that... You know, the, the devil say, oh, I'm going to get your children. You know, you want to be about you. So guess what? I'm going to bother with the children. So I end up getting pregnant, had a child at the age of 14. And all I could remember is my mom being on welfare. And to me, that was such an embarrassment, not knowing that there was a need and a necessity. Back then, it helped the um, <clears throat> the families. Uh, with subsidies and food stamps and I didn't understand it I just felt that it was an embarrassment that when everybody in the project like the, all the moms because when you're talking about systematic they systematically took those fathers out of the homes you know so the the mother no longer depended on the father but the mother ended up depending on the system so all the women you know standing in the line to cash their what they call welfare checks at the time and I could just see me standing there as a little girl you know just say this will never happen to me but guess what I ended up pregnant didn't know um anything about um getting pregnant and my um boyfriend which is now thank god my husband at the time you know, at the time he's my husband now, but at the time he didn't even know that he can even get a girl pregnant because, you know, it's always seemingly after the fact, the parent always say, well, I told you if you wanted to do anything, um, let me know. Like they really going to sit down and have a conversation with you saying, okay, you want to have sex? Okay. Let me do it. You know, there are some parents that may do it, but they, they're not gonna, um, just, okay, let's just go get you some birth control pills and you can do whatever you want to do. You know, they, no parent in their right mind, most of us is going to say, okay, since you want to do something, let's go get you some protection. But one thing I learned through that process of me being pregnant Um, I knew number one, I did not want to go into the system. I didn't even know about how you talk about systems. I didn't know anything about getting caught up in the system. So I had determined in my mind, number one, I'm not going to, uh, allow no man. And I didn't understand that my mom was married, but I was like, I am not going to be left with a household full of kids and have to raise them by myself. So as a little child, this was embedded in my mind. Me. Yes. I had that child at 14. I went to the 10th grade. I 
went to school from 7.30 to 2.30 and I went and got a job from 3 to 11 p.m. at night. So I had it embedded in my mind. No more. This is not going to happen to me. I'm not going to end up in the system. But thanks be to God. What he made possible. That young lady today, my oldest daughter, is now 40, wow, 48 years old. Oh, wow. Is that right? 48 years old. My God, God is good. He turned that what I felt was impossible, a bad situation, an embarrassing situation, that when I can look back over my life, yeah, my mom was embarrassed, but sometimes we always, as parents, we think about me. What about my feelings? What about the embarrassment you bringing on the family? But what about that child? I was just a child at 14, still running around barefoot. You know, my mom was still combing my hair at the age of 14 years old. So, but you're embarrassed, but what are we teaching our daughters? What are we teaching them that I am? And fathers, you are your daughter's protectors. We cannot leave all of this just on the mother. So maybe there is a man that's listening today. Take care of your daughters. Protect your daughters. Because the thing that you portray to your daughters, maybe that causes them to reach out to that same type of husband one day. So, you know, just moving right along. I got married at the age of 17. I was still in high school, 12th grade, senior year, still in school, you know. And one thing I can say about my husband now, you know, who was my boyfriend at the time, that his determination was because he didn't have a father in the home either. So he said, another man will never take care of my child. So that's why he stayed there, because he refused to let another man take care of his child. So he was still there in my daughter's life. Um, He took care of her. Thank God I did not have to go on welfare, because he took care of his daughter. It was no God there. It was just the morals. I am going to take care of my family, you know, so... We got married. Um, we moved to Germany. I um, went on to Germany, got back, um, came home, um, enhanced my clerical skills, got my job, started working. And at the age of 19, God spoke to my husband. He, you know, we were married just three years and looked like the devil knew that Joanne and Donald was going to be saved. And he tried everything he could just to destroy this marriage. But only three years into marriage, it's like the out, we had one vehicle. He would go to work and get a ride with somebody else and I would take the car. But then I came home in the car and he would leave. He would take the car and leave me. By this time, we got two children. So now I'm like, okay, you walking out the door, but I'm just coming home. So now, guess what? The Lord told him, you know, which like I say, no God. 
It's just the unction. God is always with us. We always think we got to be in the church house or um, we got to be so holy and so spooky. God deals with us wherever we are, whether we are saved or unsaved. God is yet tugging on our heart. He's yet tugging on us to say, I called you my son. I called you my daughter. I'm begging you, turn to me. The answer is in me. They that run into him, the scriptures say we are saved. So run into the arms of Jesus. So three years of marriage, it was like it was ending. And he said, no, God, not my marriage. So we started going to church. We got saved. It has been 41 years. I think 41 years now that we have been saved. And I just give all praise and all glory to God. It, no, it haven't all been peaches and cream because even in that, still, once we got saved, it's like things, we lost stuff. We didn't gain. We lost. But in our loss, God still was blessing us. Still was blessing us. Family call you crazy. You don't need to go to church like that. You don't need to do this. But in our ignorance, God still was blessing us. And I just thank God for the possible that he made those things, those ways that seem hard. God was there every time. Every time that we thought we was not going to make it. Yes, there were times when there was no food in the refrigerator. Guess what? God provided for us. Yes, he did. Even in our ignorance, God still provided for us. Now today we have four beautiful children, eight grandkids. God is still providing for us. Yes, we have lost cars. We have lost houses, a house, not houses. You know, God blessed me even at the age of 19 where we bought a home. We bought a home. And I just thank God for it. But the enemy, in, you know, in our ignorance, we gave it up. The devil ain't take it. We gave it up because we didn't know that we were supposed to fight for it. You know, so I just thank God that. But when I look back today, we own our house. Paid cash in full. Paid cash in full. Look at what he took that we thought was a loss. Yeah, it took some years to get it back. But look at what God has done. He gave us more, more exceedingly abundantly above all that I have could have even imagined. The day we moved in here, when we put, you know, I fully furnished, bought everything new. I just thank God for the possibilities because somebody may be listening today and saying, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but can he do that for me? I've asked him. I struggled. I prayed for my husband. I prayed for my wife. Don't look like they're going to change. But all I can say from Joanne's experience, 
Hold on to God's unchanging hand because he will never leave you alone. He's always there in the midst of confusion. Yes, he is. He's always there for you. The very thing that you ask God for, sometimes he even give us a thing that we don't even deserve because we bug him so. I want this. I need this. I gotta have that. And guess what he does? He allow us to get the thing that we so prayed for. And when we get the thing, we worship the thing rather than the person that gave it to us. We leave him. We turn our back on him and we start worshiping the very thing. We say, God, if you give it to me, I'll serve you. So guess what? Didn't mean to rattle on like that. But just want you to know, just hold on um, to God's unchanging hand and tune in again for the podcast. And maybe I can say something to encourage you to testify because, you know, back in the day we, we had testimony service, you know, where they shared it. It increased your faith when you hear others say what, what God has done for them. It increased your faith to say, God, if you did it for Johnny, if you did it for Barbara, and if you did it for, you know, um, Jody or Bob, you know, John, Paul, who, whatever the name is, Susie, Mary, you know, God, I know you can do this for me. I know I'm going to believe you, God, that you did this thing for me. So hopefully testify about possibilities podcast can just encourage your heart to believe God that regardless of how long, how long, because remember, Um, One of those fruits of the spirit says long suffering. How long God, he says, it's either long suffering or suffering long. Either way, there are going to be some suffering. But in the end, in the end, he's going to strengthen you. He's going to settle you. He's going to make you perfect. And it all is going to belong. The glory will belong to God. So I just thank you for tuning in. And I just pray that God's um, will be done in your life. And this is just the beginning. I don't know where we're going to go, what we're going to talk about, who's going to testify, who's going to come on. So I'm just going to leave this with you and say, God, you just bless them. Who's ever listening to this podcast on today, touch their hearts and their mind that the thing that they're searching for, the thing that they're asking for God, that you said, if our ways please you, you will give us the desires of our heart. So God, we cry out to you today that our ways may please you, that you give us the desires of our heart. So God, we just thank you. We just appreciate you for um, the things that you have in store for us. So see you next week on Testify About Possibilities.